This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When was your hardest time? My hardest time? In, in your five guys journey. Yeah. Well, um, I, was, uh, I went through a very painful divorce um, and uh, went through something called leave to remove, which I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. Um, it's the, essentially it's the right to have your children taken out of the country. So I had uh, two young children um, who um, w the court system approved leave to remove, um, which allowed my ex to, to take uh, my kids back to America, um, which was um, incredibly painful. Um, and my whole um, view of myself, my definition of who I was, um, changed. I thought, I thought of myself as a, a, you know, a great partner, good husband, good father, devoted father. Um, you know, I was in politics back in America, um, was involved in my community and a church leader and, um, and businessman. And I thought, you know, all these things are who I am. And essentially all of that was, uh, you know, a, a, a quite a large bonfire of vanities. Um, and that was a real dark, dark moment for me. Um, and there were, there were days when Five Guys was the one thing in my life that was stable and that I could hold on to. And that really pulled me through um, a very difficult, dark time uh, personally. How long did that, that process last? Um, I, that's part of the UK challenge. It took years. Um, a better part of two years um, were in that process. Um, and then um, you know, trying to um, rebuild those relationships. And thankfully, I'm in a, a, an amazing place with my kids now, um, and have um, you know accepted that they that that we have had a more adult relationship prematurely. Um, but now that they're both at university, um, it feels more normal um, now. And um, those are hard fought, hard hard won recast relationships, um, which, you know, were really important, are important to me. Um, but was, I was, the thought that they were at risk was, um, caused just enormous anxiety and, and living with that kind of anxiety on the personal side, having a, having a place where, um, you know, things were more, um, predictable was, um, and being able to work in that way and provide for them, um, was, uh, you know, a, a real, um, yeah, really helped me through. When your kids are essentially taken away to another country and you, you've got this huge responsibility of running this big business, hmm. how does, how does that impact your ability to show up every day professionally? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it was, it was, it was really complex for me because I had a non-compete back in the U.S. for the business that I had sold. So I couldn't just relocate back to America and do my job. Um, so it felt like a, a huge catch 22 because I had these court ordered financial obligations. And the only way that I could really fulfill them was to keep doing my job here. Um, so 
corporate financial obligations as in the separation costs and stuff that you have to pay to your plan. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it, it felt like a catch-22. They were allowed to leave, but I had to provide for them, so I had to stay. And so it, was, it, it felt like a um, kind of a indentured servanthood for a bit. But, um, you know, being able to, um, to focus on, um, on, a, on the important job that I had actually was enormously relieving because I knew that for, you know, 10 hours a day, you know, 12 hours a day, whatever it, whatever it ended up being, that I could actually do something productive that I knew I was good at, um, that made a difference for them. Um, and that um, was it, it the, the, the anxiety of, of being separated, I, I could set aside for a few, you know, for those hours in a day. And that was really helpful. Um, it, 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 it could have absorbed, just kind of overwhelmed me. Um, but work was able to, um, it, was, it was a place where I, could, where I could escape from that. Did you see uh, uh, your motivation fluctuate? Often when we have these like pretty substantial life events, there's an initial period where getting out of bed in the morning is a little bit more difficult. It's almost like someone has messed with your why. Hmm. your reason to get out of bed and your sense of purpose. Yeah. So you almost have to, I've, I've learned from my own experiences that you have to spend a little bit of time. You're almost faking it hmm. to get to get the drive back, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, no, of course. No, well, you know, I told you I got up at 5 a.m. when I was a kid and practiced violin for an hour before before uh, school. And what, I, mean, I, I was never a great musician, but what I did find was that if you did something every day, you actually could get better at it, maybe even more than competent. Um, and I think it was something like that, that just in me, you know, said, you know, get out of bed, do the next, do the next thing. Um, and something, things will change. You will, I, I called a friend of mine who'd been through a, a similar, um, situation. Um, and he said, you know, just keep showing up, you know, you know, texting my son every day, calling, you know, every day, um, being as present as I possibly could. Um, and, you know, it, obviously it's imperfect um, and it's deeply upsetting, I'm sure to them as well as, as, well as to me, um, but doing it as much as you possibly can uh, to be available and in touch. Um, and, and then you just have to trust, um, trust something that it'll be okay. Trust something. As in just trust life that it will... No, I mean, you know, I, I, now we're getting very personal, Stephen, mm. but, uh, you know, I, I believe in a higher power. Um, I, I, don't, I don't pretend to understand it, um, but I think there's something much more powerful than I am in the world. Um, and what, what I will say is, is that it helped me to see the world in two camps. One are things that I can control um, and some things that I absolutely can't control. Um, and if you spend, if you allocate your mental um, health and your time on the things that you can't control, um, you can drive yourself to distraction and mad eventually madness. Um, so being able to focus on the things that you can control um, and, and, and realizing that that's your job. Um, you know, your job as a human is to do the things that you can control. And if, if you, if you, you know, it's just, it's just arrogance and, and um, ignorance to, to focus on the things that you can't control. Um, and so identify those, identifying those two camps and being at peace with that, accepting that you can't, some things you can't control, that's really hard, um, but it's hugely important. Yeah, I, I was at this festival this weekend and there was a, I, I did one-on-one -on -one meetings with lots of people that were in the audience for three hours and I found myself 
being asked over and over again how to deal with exactly that, which is when chaos arrives in our lives, what to do on that day. And people had me recording these voice notes for them for that day. So when that day comes, they just wanted to be able to play it. And what you said there is exactly what I said, which is there are a small list of things you can control. And on that tough day, make a promise to me that you'll spend 100% of your mental energy focusing only on those things. Because mm. you can't, because obviously yesterday, focusing too much on that tends to lead to depression. As I think the Lou Sal, the philosopher says, focusing too much on tomorrow and the things that are yet to be in your control will also cause a lot of anxiety. So really focusing in on today, I think is just phenomenal advice in terms of um, A, it's the thing that's most conducive with a successful outcome, but B, it's also the thing that's most conducive with having a healthy mental state in total chaos. No, I think that's absolutely right. I mean, I, I think the other thing is that realizing that our, I believe our purpose in life is human connection. Um, I think that's why we're here. I think we're, we're made to, to connect. And sometimes it's, you know, we're colliding, you know, and, and more than connecting, but, but figuring out how to connect with other human beings. And I will say, you know, that was the making of me as uh, uh, the, in being able to, to, you know, when, when someone comes into my office and says, you know, I, I've, I've lost my, I've lost my partner. You know, they, they passed away, you know, you know, way before their time, you know, being able to connect with that person in that moment of loss is hugely valuable as a company. Um, but hugely meaningful to me as a human being. Um, and, and I wouldn't have been able to do that if I, if I hadn't been through the loss that I, that I had experienced. Um, so, you know, it, it's one of those things where you end up being grateful for the, the most upsetting things that happen in your life um, because I think they're the making of you in many ways. Because of what you said at the start of this conversation about that importance of feeling like you belonged, and, and that's so, it's so evident that that is... Um, much of the reason you've also been successful is you're, you, you mean, even from the short conversation we've had, you strike me as a very empathetic person who's able to connect with others. Um, that moment must have been presumably even more difficult because your sense of belonging in that moment was, mm. was taken from you to some degree, mm. the family unit, right? No, for sure. That was, that was a, yeah, that was a defining moment. Um, but now, you know, the thing about, about five guys is that, you know, we have these 8,600 people who get up every morning and have this shared vision mission to make great burgers and fries for hungry customers. Um, and I get to be a part of that. And, you know, I get to be a part of this larger community that, that, that has this, that, and, and that, you know, winning in business feels fantastic, right? I mean, it, it's, a real, it's a real high. It's a, it's a, um, it, it, it's a drug and it's an addiction. And being a part of a community that had that, that, that's accomplishing this thing. You know, we were the we were the eighth fastest growing business uh, in 2016, I think, in the UK, and the fastest growing food and beverage business. And even with that, we never met a budget that I had made. So you know, we were you know we, we were fastest, but you know still behind by 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 my mind. And um, but being a, being a part of this community that shares our our values and that are all working towards this is is enormously satisfying and. Um, and yeah, fill something that, that, you know, has, has always been empty. Some days as CEOs, we, maybe we're tired or, you know, we're in a bad mood or something's off. Um, we can sometimes not show up as our best selves. And sometimes when, when that happens with me, I, I regret it. So I'll, I'll go home and think, oh, I just wish I had, 
I wish I'd handled that situation differently. Do you, do you, does that happen to you a lot where you think, oh, fuck, I wish I'd been in a better mood or I'd slept more today or something? Yeah, Julie tells me. When, uh, <laughs> Who's Julie? <laughs> Julie, my head of ops, she comes okay. in and says, yeah, you really fucked up that meeting. That oh, was, really? that, that was, um, but, but, but actually having, um, having somebody who, um, you know, to me, the, 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 one of the worst things that can happen are these, um, you know, emperor has no clothes where, you know, where the, where the, where the, where the, the, the most important, powerful person in a business has blind spots that, you know, everybody knows about and somehow you, you know, you work around. Um, and, and that's just hugely dangerous as a business. Um, and having people who can come into your office and go, John, that, that was, you know, that comment was just way out of line or really unhelpful. You know, you, you now have people thinking like this, is that what you wanted? Um, so people who can confront power with truth. And you know, to me, that, that kind of culture is hugely important to a company um, because you can go so wrong with the emperor has no clothes and people thinking, God, we know this, but we just can't tell them to that person. How you do know? you cultivate that? Because I imagine a lot of CEOs and a lot of team members that work for a CEO think, oh, there's no way I could go to my CEO and tell him that was wrong or he shouldn't have said that. How, well, or she should have said that. I think publicly owning your shit um, is is really is really helpful um, in that way. You know, so so showing up at the next meeting and go, hey, you know what? I said this at the last meeting, and that was just really wrong. It was off, and and you know, I was I was off my game, or you know, I didn't think it through, and you know, and it should be the opposite. Of, it should be the opposite of that. Um, and and you know, showing that you can respond to that kind of challenge, I think is, is, is important as a, as a leader. And then you give everybody else permission to do the same thing. You know, I mean, you can change your mind. You're allowed to change your mind. You're allowed to be wrong as a, as a fallible human being too. Um, and, and confessing that it's powerful. You are always one decision away from taking your business to the next level. And a decision that's helped me to transform my business is moving over to NetSuite, who I'm excited to say are a sponsor of this podcast. If you don't know already, NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. It's reduced IT costs because it lives in the cloud so you can access it from anywhere and the cost of managing and running multiple systems because it's in one unified business management suite. My team and I don't have to worry about tasks being manual and clunky and it means that I can be more efficient and to focus on more important things like bringing you the best episodes and guests on this show. So I become one of the 37,000 companies that have already made the move over to NetSuite. NetSuite has extended its one of a kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. So head to netsuite.com slash Bartlett for a free product tour. Back to the episode. You are always one decision away from taking your business to the next level. And a decision that's helped me to transform my business is moving over to NetSuite, who I'm excited to say are a sponsor of this podcast. If you don't know already, NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. It's reduced IT costs because it lives in the cloud so you can access it from anywhere and the cost of managing and running multiple systems because it's in one unified business management suite. My team and I don't have to worry about tasks being manual and clunky 
and it means that I can be more efficient and to focus on more important things like bringing you the best episodes and guests on this show. So I become one of the 37,000 companies that have already made the move over to NetSuite. NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. So head to netsuite.com slash Bartlett for a free product tour. Back to the episode.